Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and every episode we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo. And today we have the amazing and very funny and talented Ashley Gutermuth. Ashley, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on all the way from across the country. I know we met here in Tacoma when you lived here, but now you're in New Jersey. And um, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? I mean, you're a stand-up comedian. You got fun stuff going on. Uh, but I know that you got some exciting things you want to share share with the world. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I do stand up comedy. That's uh, something I have ongoing all the time. So if you go to my website ashleygutermuth.com or um, Instagram, I'm fairly active. I post all my shows there, and I'm just at Ash Gutermuth because believe it or not, there's another Ashley Gutermuth, and really? she got the name first. Yeah. Hate when that happens. <laughs> I feel like she probably gets weird messages. Like, can you be on this show? It's at 2 a.m. And you got <laughs> she's like, no, I'm an accountant. This is not right. Me. Do you have material um, plan? Do you have do you have 20 minutes? <laughs> you got to, you got a solid 20. Um uh, so yeah, and uh, please go to my website or sign up for my newsletter. That'd be great. And I post all my shows there or any of the stuff that I have going on. So, and if you are, are interested in watching somebody uh, run every day um, until they die, it seems, <laughs> and and then <laughs> uh, pick up garbage, I pick up litter while I run, and I post pictures of the crazy litter that I find. So yeah, which is what was it yesterday? I, the other day it was a, a a bucket, like a beach bucket, and a beach bucket, a, pe- a pail. Yeah, yeah, a pail. <laughs> and that's it's, that's what's amazing is the things that are litter are sometimes usable type stuff. Yeah. It's it's amazing what you see, and and you're on. We're not talking like like when you say you run every day. Ashley runs every day. What day are you on now? Oh, let's look. It's over six years. I have a street counter. Because <clears throat> I know it, a little while back you hit 2,000, didn't you? Yeah, it's 2,242 days. Wow. Too of long. running every day. Every day. I run at, at least a mile a day, but now I run four miles a day. So, um, wow. Yeah. And and we have that in common. I ran uh, two miles this week. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get back to where I do it at least uh, uh, three or four times a week. And I, I got one day in this week, but it's only Wednesday. It's only Tuesday. So I still have, um, I, I guess, I, I guess it's not too I bad. I find, you know, with running, because for the first three years of my run streak, which is you have to run at least a mile a day every day for a year. And then you can be in this club called runeveryday.com. Okay. Um, and uh, what I found is just saying uh, one mile is, and, and being okay with that is much easier to deal with than saying, I'm going to run a 5K two times a week. And then yeah. you're just dreading it. But, you know, a one mile is, you know, anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And you do that and you will see it gains really quickly. It's a, it was pretty amazing how how fast, how much faster I got just by doing one mile a day. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a good point because I have seen that uh, similar concept with so many different things where they say, small steps or small things more often are going to get you so much further than, you know, waiting to make a big payment on your debt or waiting to yeah. you know have this big splash. It's like, no, if you can just do a little bit, you know, it doesn't have to be the big mm-hmm. thing all the time. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, that leads into the trash. So I'll often pick up, um, I I run with a backpack. Mm -hmm. This all sounds perfectly normal, doesn't it? I run with a backpack (laughs) and and I will pick up, I'll I'll find a lot of cardboard boxes, but they're often too big for me to run with as as it is. So I have to piece by piece, just a little bit bit every day. And that sort of goes with what you're saying, you know, just a little bit. And then eventually I see that the box is gone and it's been recycled. So you just take a piece of the box away and yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Cause you can't really run with the backpack and the box. And then, yeah, right. Yeah. It gets sometimes, plus it's windy. I end up being blown away. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you probably have to be okay with running past trash, like knowing that you are not going to pick up every piece of trash in the mile. Uh, and that is hard. The guilt, Andy, that comes from that. <laughs> because sometimes if I were to pick up every piece of trash, I wouldn't make it the whole yeah. four miles. I'd be running for eight hours a day. Right. And yeah. It, and just, you wouldn't be running. You'd, you'd be scrolling. just stop, bend over. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of bending. So you do have to run past trash and I'll, I'll keep like mental notes of like, oh, okay, I'll run back and pick that up because there was some, you know, that might get in somebody's car or try to pick up like nails or things like that. Yeah. Um, but oh, that makes it's sense. everywhere. That's cool. So Ashley, I got to know, I ask everybody in the audience is waiting to hear what is your awkward that you have had to own? Well, I'd say my awkward that I've had to own ties perfectly into what we are talking about, and that is obsessiveness. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's all well and good to say this person runs every day uh, for a mile a day. And you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty neat. I wish I ran that much. And then you go, oh, every day, every day. And you haven't stopped. When are you going to stop? When (laughs) and now you've added on this picking up trash thing. So and I've done that for over a year. So that's another streak. So you're when are you going to quit that? Mm. Uh, So my whole life I've been uh, I have always been obsessed with things. I've been Hmm. obsessed with uh, comedy from when I was really young, really like three. Wow. uh, grew up with that. I was I was obsessed with the Beatles, and I was not born in the fifties. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't add up. Um, just completely obsessed uh, uh, with just knowing as many stats about the Beatles as I could, and and about British comedy. Obsessed with that. Uh, still am uh, mm-hmm. obsessed with that, and anything to do with streaks. So, I, I, in my mind, I can't really do anything well. Um, unless I do it every day. And in order to do it every day, I have to really pare down the things that I'm interested in. So Hmm. I know that every day I have to run. And as I said, it started out as one mile. Now it's four miles. Now, the reason why it increased is because I I like to continuously challenge myself for no reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No one's asking me to do it. And, And it, it's, you know, I'm constantly trying to one up myself and it's not like a, I, I don't think it's good for anybody else to take that on. But for example, I'll be running and I'll think to myself, um, there's a, there's a hill. I could go around the hill and that'll be much easier. And as soon as I think go around the hill, I have to go up the hill. Like <laughs> uh-huh. I have to do the harder thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's just been my life. I like to ch- challenge my brain to grow in almost every area, which on the flip side of that means I do not relax. I do not sleep. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's not, it's not great, but it's, you know, <laughs> not necessarily the, to talk the about. most balanced lifestyle, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. There is no balance in so, my life at all. <laughs> so was there a point where 
you had to admit that you're obsessive. I know you talked about having to pare down and do, you know, be interested in less things. So that's, you've got to probably hold back from some temptations to get interested in something knowing that you will want to take it very far. But was there a point where you realized this was a trait that you had? Not, I didn't have like a, a, it's mostly other people, you know, because I just plod along and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And then other people will be like, you're, you're obsessive about this. Now on the, uh, I grew up, uh, a lot of my family are hoarders. They Mm -hmm. really like to, to have a lot of stuff. And because of that, uh, I went in the opposite direction. So I am sort of also obsessive about having nothing. Like my dream is to live in a, a, a concrete room that's just mm. empty. There's nothing to clean. Uh, <laughs> just like, a, like I, a monk cell. <laughs> monk cell. So I'm just obsessive about, I get obsessive about cleaning, you know, mm-hmm. and any, uh, I have, um, I, I buy uh, reconditioned Roombas on eBay. I have five okay. baby Roombas that I have oh, fixed wow. up and that run around my house. And I also have several other, I have a backpack vacuum like you might see in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, so I, uh, it's not, but it's, that's an obsessiveness. You know, I am, I, because I grew up, uh, not necessarily in my own household, like, like mess, but like just seeing tons of stuff. And I just don't, I'm so like afraid that I will sneak into that sort of. Yeah. I, I have some hoarding in my family and there was a point where I was cleaning out the garage at, at a house I used to live in, uh, back when I was married and I had taken everything from the side of the garage into the center as I was rearranging the shelves around the room, but I had this big mess and I'd kind of piled myself into the corner. And my wife at the time said, Oh, you know, dinner's ready. So I got ready to come in the house and I had to get over the junk and I did like a, a like a hop. And I was like, Oh no, I just did a hoarder hop and it I just- <laughs> came naturally. Like it was in my blood. <laughs> and so I went hoarder like, hop. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it was instinctive. So it freaked me out. So I went back out to the garage that night, put everything away. It was perfectly pristine and whatever didn't fit into the shelves went yeah. out the door and I was just like, I, I can't, I can't have that become me. Can't live like <laughs> so this can yet. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that is probably, you know, there's some of that and just, but it's definitely other people that are, especially when, when it comes to like household stuff, uh, you know, where it's just like, well, what do you mean you don't want to have, like, I don't have a microwave. Mm-hmm. I don't have uh, a lot of people think that you need a microwave. I, I'm kind of offended by the idea of a microwave. I'm just like I have an oven. I have other right. things that I can use. Um, and I just don't want the extra thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like there's other people that live in my house. So my husband's just like, well, I would like a I'd like a microwave. I would like a microwave sometimes. <laughs> I, I, would, I would. So, you know, I'd like to be a normal person. I, I accept that you don't want to be. Uh, but <laughs> so, just, he needs a separate room of things. Like when, when I microwave, I go into my room with my things. We do kind of have to have to have that little bit of a situation because I just I love paring down stuff. I love giving mm-hmm. things away. You know, if I read a book, I like to pass it on and yeah. uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it is mostly other people that are like, you know, you are, a, I used to think I was super laid back. And mm-hmm. like recently, like I, I was just like, I'm a laid back, open-minded uh, person. And then uh, people were like, yeah, you're open-minded, but you, you are really, really uptight. Like, but not in a but not in a projecting it on other people kind of way yeah no no i don't more about your own uptight about your own stuff yeah i don't mind what what other people do and it's 
I'm not like judgmental in that way. People, mm-hmm. you know, go and do whatever the heck, heck you want. But when it comes to me, I'm just, yeah, I, I am uptight and controlling mm. to, <laughs> to, a, to a, a degree that it just, you know, you, you want, I want things to be how I want them to be. Mm-hmm. And if, and if they're not, then I, you know, God knows. What happens? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> internal thing is going to be going on. Yeah, or it's just like Arr! it all builds up. Yeah. So, so being obsessive, have you found things that you that you have had to give up that you might have wanted to pursue? I know you said you have to keep your things limited, and and you know we see you in running and picking up the trash and with comedy, but were there things where you're like, oh, I'd really like to get into that, but I can't dedicate doing that every day. Um. I've had some things drop off that I used to do every day. So I, I play guitar mm. and um, still play guitar regularly, but I'm not doing it every day. And that irritates me. And I feel like I could fit that in. I, even if it was like 10 minutes just to keep my finger muscles up. Um, and so can I'm, you I'm play guitar while you run and pick up trash? Like <gasps> that's a lot to, <laughs> I, I, I should not have put that in. That's a, <laughs> it's an idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. As soon as as soon as my brain's like, you can't do it. And it's like, oh, you can't. I can buy a smaller a ukulele is probably realistic. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I I want to do more of that. Uh, but other things, you know, I I I derive a lot of comfort from having that, which is again, I'm gonna preempt this, not healthy, from having a level of control where I'm controlling my surroundings and mm-hmm. You know, I can do that with with streaks and what's what are, you know, pe- people are like, oh, my God, I could never do that. And I'm like, well, you could. You just got to be a little bananas. Right. Well, and I think <laughs> for people to understand the level of of your dedication to your streak, you were in a car wreck in the middle of your streak mm-hmm. and and still didn't miss your, your running. Correct. I did. Yeah, I uh, I got in a really nasty car accident. I ended up um, needing a hearing aid. I'm like partially deaf in one ear mm. from that car accident. Wow. Uh, traumatic brain injury, uh, physical therapy for ages, all kinds of back problems. And um, but I went to the hospital right away and they said, you have to keep moving because tomorrow you are going to be in pain. They were mm. like, you you're going to you need all the Motrin in the world. <laughs> and uh so they said uh keep going and i i just i had to slow way down and that's what led oh, to sure. picking up tr- trash because i couldn't bounce my brain anymore because it mm. was already so concussed and um uh so i would just i would pick up pick up trash as i went along and then it just led to you know i did it once so now i have to do it until i die right uh, <laughs> and uh go from there you know uh, it's um uh, and that that's been really great. You know, I, I try to turn something negative like that into something mm-hmm. positive because that was such a, a crazy situation that happened. But, you know, what can you do? You can't predict everything. Right. And that's, I think, I think all too often we have this plan for life where we think, okay, now I have my life this way. And then something out of our control happens to change it, whether it's financially or a natural disaster or something like this where now your plan is altered and so you might have been planning to run three miles that day or four miles or whatever and i like i can't even run i have to slow way down yeah but that doesn't mean that it has to end a good thing it was just okay well now how do i make this into something different yeah so that's what i like about comedy you know comedy any type of writing if something bad happens to you and you're somebody that doesn't 
have that creative outlet, then it's just something bad that happened. If yeah. Some, something bad happens to me. I can immediately start writing about how I'm going to get that person back you know, in some sort of joke <laughs> right. form, you know? <clears throat> yes. I've actually done that where some of my, my best writing or best jokes have come from, I can't believe the situation. I've got to <laughs> get this out. And, and when I, the first time I actually did it, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I was just kind of venting to a friend and then it became a joke and I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I need to do that. Yeah. And, um, and that's a good point because it doesn't have to necessarily be comedy, whatever that creative outlet is, you know, if you're a musician mm -hmm. and you're just putting that passion into, uh, into that, uh, a good, you know, my best friend, she, she's runs all the time. She runs pretty much every day. She's always doing something. But I remember there was a point where something just really made her mad. And I said, well, I think that angry running burns double the calories. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's like you get it over faster and you go, you know, you're like, wow, that was, I was going faster than I thought. And I went further than I expected. And, but it is, yeah. you're putting that, that emotion into it. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, uh, a lot of people say that they're uh, running, they, they run to train to run away from bears. Like, it's like the funny thing. Oh, oh. Like, I'm trying to run faster <clears throat> so I can run away from bears. But when I was in Washington, I actually was running and saw a bear. Oh, and I can tell you what I did. This idiot right here <laughs> took out her phone. <laughs> didn't even think it was just like, oh, bear, look how cute. And then I'm like, I need to get out of here. What am I doing? Right. And it ran off and bears are faster than you might think. So it was just mm -hmm. like, like you don't realize how stupid you're going to be until you're in the moment. But <laughs> right. Come on, Ashley. I know we all, we always would like to think, you know, I would never do that. Or if I was in this situation, it's like, you know, it's just like the, the people that go too far behind the fence by the waterfall. Yeah. It's just and then every once in a while I find myself kind of leaning over and I was like, maybe I'm leaning a little too far. I'm going to be that guy. You know, this is like, how it happens. Yeah. It's like, oh, they didn't like purposely mean to do that. They just wanted a better picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, so how do you feel that you use being obsessive uh, to your advantage? I know you said that, it, you know, you never sleep, you never wake, but are you, you know, you're, you're always going. Um, how can you turn that into something that is just over the top amazing? Well, um, it means you, you know, I. So comedy wise, which is, you know, my main love, mm -hmm. I um, <clears throat> and just have been obsessed with, like I was saying, forever and um, in all forms, I, I write all the time. I write every day and then I perform every afternoon in some capacity. And then hopefully there's another show in the evening. And so it's something that I do for several hours every day and just pound it out, try to make it better. You know, the more obsessed I can be with a joke or with, um, you know, a set to try to refine it down as best as I can. I feel like that helps me to do better for my ultimate goal was to make audiences laugh. Right. And, mm -hmm. and to be able to connect with them. So, and I feel like putting all that work in and being obsessive about that work is, uh, really beneficial. I, I mean, I, for me, I've, there's so many people, you know, in even in Tacoma that are so talented, you know, it, it comes down to, you, there's some super funny people that you're just like, oh my goodness, how am I, how do I compete with this? Well, you just <clears> got to <throat> work really hard, you know? Yeah. And, and then I think you probably see super talented people in any, in any walk of life who don't put in that dedication. And then that mm -hmm. becomes a difference on, on how far they yeah. go. 
Yeah, yeah so. there's a uh, a comedian. His name is Gary Delaney, and he's a British comedian. He does one-liners, mm. and he'll often give um, like uh, he'll he'll write about things that have helped him, and he just says you got to do at least four performances a week. Anything less than that, and you're going to your skills are going to go down. Any more than that, and they will increase. And then you also you have to write every day, and you have to work harder than everybody else. And uh, so I try to do that as much as, much as I can. <laughs> you Taking <know>? the cues. <laughs> Taking the cues. Well, and that is that is the um, the thing. You know, I was listening to a podcast a while back, and one of the the gal was saying, you know, if you haven't achieved your goals, it's because you haven't taken enough massive action. And and you might think that you've done enough stuff, and you might be saying, well, I did this, I did that. How come it, this hasn't happened yet? But that doesn't mean that you stop. You just got to keep going. And at some point, when you've taken enough action, it'll come together. And um, and I'm guilty of that. I have things where I look and I think, oh, this didn't come together. That didn't happen. And then I look back and I think, well, how much did I really follow up on it? Where did I stop dropping the ball? Or, you know, even if it's even if I've been asking somebody to to come on my show or do something and they, you know, they say they're going to and they don't, even if it's a year later, you know, it, it's not too late to reach back out and say, hey, I just want to resurrect this conversation because I think that most of the things where I haven't had successes that I've wanted to, when I look back, the reason that they haven't come together as much as I want to blame somebody else or a situation, it's because I didn't follow up on it. And yeah. so now, yeah, that, I, no, I just say now I keep say it like that, right yeah. in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it always, oh, you know, there's there's some great books by Stephen Pressfield. Um, he wrote The War of Art, if you've heard of that. Um, not The Art of War, a lot of people <laughs> right. get, con get confused, but there, it's The War of Art, and it just talks about how we set up our own little roadblocks, our own resistance to writing or to doing, to accomplishing anything every day. And um, it's just, it's really important to realize that you are your own boss, you know, mm -hmm. on your wall, it should be manager on duty, Andy Bargo. And if you don't get you right back to that guy to get him on your podcast, Mr. Vargo is going to be mad. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just having that accountability, which is so it's, it's hard when you don't have a direct, you know, hierarchy of management right in front of you, right. you just kind of go sit on the couch. But, um, I I've seen the benefits at least from doing as much as I, I can, you know, mm -hmm. trying to, I apply for a lot of stuff. It doesn't all stick, but sometimes really cool stuff happens like the tonight show. Yeah. That was awesome. Clip. That was pretty neat. Um, and so stuff like that, just apply for everything. Don't put your whole like emotional being into it, send it off, move on mm -hmm. to the next thing and just keep working. Yeah. And that's the thing is, it's a numbers game, right? The more you're putting out there, the more you're doing, little bits are going to stick here and there. And pretty soon you look back at everything you've done. And, and that's one thing too, I think that is important to do is to stop and look back every once in a while or keep a running list of what you've accomplished, what you, what, you, what shows you've been on so that when you're beating yourself up and saying, gosh, I haven't, I haven't done what I wanted to do in 2021. Well, we're just at the, at the middle of March. And if you look back over the last two and a half months, what have you already gotten done? And sometimes like, oh, wow, I forgot I did this in January. Or I did this in February or I took these steps. Even if it didn't come together, I, at least these are the actions I took Yeah. so that you can kind of feel a little more empowered. Definitely. Yeah. So you can you feel like you're accomplishing something. You don't feel like you're constantly striving for no reason. Right. Yeah. So if, if someone feels like they are a bit obsessive, um, 
what kind of advice would you give them on how to hone that or, or <laughs> whether or not they should embrace it or, or push it away or what? I don't know. I think people should embrace it as long as it's not, uh, you know, hurting anybody or yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times people will say, well, what about your knees? And I'm oh. like, well, they're, they're still here, you know, so far so good. Um, and then I used to have comedy streaks too, where I would try to be, I'd try to get as many shows every day for as long as possible. I would, mm -hmm. I would usually end up getting a, a cold after, oh. <laughs> um, about a month and a half, just sharing the mic, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I would have to take a break for a few days so I didn't get anyone else sick. But yeah, you know, try to pick things. If you're going to be, I, I love people that are obsessive and interested in things. Anybody mm -hmm. that, I don't care what it is. You could be interested in map making, you know, the, the, the origins of the pencil. And if you're super <laughs> into it, I'm going to be into it because you are super into it. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I, I just love that people that have because there's a lot of people that don't have any interests. Mm -hmm. They just kind of like, you know, float. Yeah. And and, and I, I think that's it's really neat when you find someone who's passionate about something. It, it does that it gets you on board because you think I didn't know that that's where the pencil came from or that there were this mm -hmm. many varieties or who knew, you know, like, like all these things that you don't know. And we need somebody that's interested in everything. Right. Because we need. Yeah somebody who's you know who's kind of the champion for that cause no matter what it is and so when we encounter those people i think it's really important to to have an appreciation and, and i that's one thing that i i also really appreciate when i meet somebody i i love being able to learn about something that i never would have opened a book and looked into or you know yeah. unless i accidentally stumbled upon it it's like oh, i wouldn't have picked up that book at the library but hearing you talk about it. That's why I love going to different museums because all of a sudden you're saying, I didn't know this was a big thing around here. And yeah. <clears throat> lo and behold, it is. So, Yeah, it's so interesting, you know, to see different perspectives. And then uh, it's always, uh, you know, you, you might go to a museum and you'll see one side of something and then you look into it later and you see a totally different side. And yeah. every every situation has, you know, it's, it's they're so vast. You can't, it's like, you can't see it all at once. You got to pick it up and look at the different angles. And, uh, I love that, you know, being able to see all the different interesting things and it just, you know, anybody that to me, if you're obsessive about anything to the, as long as, you know, it's not hurting people or anything like <laughs> right. that, but, um, that I'm on board, you know, you want to have, uh, <laughs> only, uh, like American girl dolls from 1962, I don't, I don't even know if they made them then. <laughs> right, <laughs> that specific year, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that that is the thing is you you figure out when you take that obsession or that passion and you figure out, okay, I'm really interested in this. I have all this information. And how do you share that and use it with the world so, so that it can be for the good? And whether it's yeah. raising awareness or finding a cure for something or you know cleaning up trash, whatever it is, you're you're making the world better by putting your heart into it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we're getting down to the last couple of minutes here, and I like to ask everybody what advice they would give people for how they can own their awkward. How can you own it? Well, you have to uh, accept that you are who you are, and uh, to a certain point, you can you can change that. If there's things about you that you that you want to be stronger in in areas, you absolutely can. The only thing that's holding you back is you. Hmm. So if there's uh, 
if there's something more that you that you want to if you want to embrace your obsession obsessions more but like somebody's somebody's just like hey you know i don't think you know that's lame or that's not cool or why why are you into that you don't have to talk to that person uh, <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> that's a good point you don't have to keep having that conversation you don't have to, you can, uh, you can just say, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, so you, you own it by just accepting what it is you like, and you got to find that by trying, trying things and failing at them and, and trying new things all the time. And so that you can get the most out of the world and be as enriched as possible. And then just put it out there and be okay with it. Not everybody's going to like it, but the thing is, not everybody likes themselves. So they project how they feel onto you. You know, there's, um, uh, there's plenty of people that will be that have been critical of, of things that I've done. But it's purely because of their own hang ups, you know, I've had people com complain uh, about me picking up garbage. Like, mm. Wow. If you're at the, if you're at that point, like <laughs> that really made me realize something where like people will complain about everything. Right. <laughs> like this has nothing to do with you. We're not even in the same part of the country. I am literally just picking up litter and recycling it and you found a problem with it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Really? So you're just not going to make everybody happy. And I know people have heard that a million times, but uh, you're, you're, you're not going to make anybody happy. Mm -hmm. Really? They have to make themselves happy and you will be much easier and more fun to be around if you embrace the things that you like. I love that. And a couple of things that you mentioned that, that I really want to drive home was that uh, first you said to try a lot of things and fail and that that's okay. We don't, everything doesn't have to be a success and that's part of the process. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And then the other thing that, that you mentioned was how, people project their own unhappiness on you. And that, that I think that's important to realize that just like the people who don't like you picking up trash, like no one would argue that it's a good thing. I didn't think anybody would argue that it's a good thing to you pick up trash. <laughs> like, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Everybody got mad at everything. You, you know, I, uh, you may have had this where if you say you're going to embark upon some sort of new journey in your life that is, um, totally different from say your family or your life circumstance the way it was. Mm -hmm. And because you're changing, it makes the people that have always known you before really nervous and yeah. they start to put that out there. So, uh, you know, I've had family members be like, they, they would, it would be really over the top. We're so like, they'd be like, you're embarrassed. We're embarrassed of what you, you're, of your you're not choices. the Ashley this, that we knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you, why would you do that? And um, the funny thing is, and I've seen this several times where I will just go and do whatever it is. And then a couple of years later, it will be, oh, we're so proud of you. You go and you get out there and you're a go-getter. And you're like, no, I remember. <laughs> this is not how the conversation started. <laughs> I remember. Uh, so, you know, people, once they see that it works, people are so afraid of change. Yeah, and they are. It, it, there's uh, why, you know, we all end up in the same place. So. Mm -hmm. And and change is always going to be happening. I think that I think there's a couple things at play. One is that people are afraid that you're going to change and and leave them behind, mm -hmm. and not not be there in the same way. You know, it's like oh now you're going to have a new you're going to have trash cleanup friends that you're not mm -hmm. going to do our thing on Saturday because yeah. you're going to be with your trash cleanup friends or whatever that is. And the other thing is 
people are um, people are afraid that as you change, then they have to reflect on why they aren't changing, mm, and they might not. And it's kind of like that unhappiness that they're projecting on you. It's oh well, I actually want to make changes, but I'm not secure enough, or don't feel like I'm in the position to do it. And so now I'm mad at you for making changes happen in your life, even if it's a subtle change. It has nothing to do with the change that I want to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But everybody can do it. And I believe in mm-hmm. all of you. Accomplish your dreams. <laughs> That's a, awesome. That's a great thing to leave in our minds. Uh, so you can do it. And um, Ashley, I appreciate you being out there, picking up the trash and being here with us today. It's just, it's been an amazing conversation. Um, I could go on, but that would be obsessive. And <laughs> you have a busy we'll day of writing day. and comedy. <laughs> I'll meet you here again tomorrow. Same time. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're doing this every day now. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be a, a podcast streak of like the same show over like, like the Groundhog day. Groundhog's day. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. All right. And everybody out there, tune in next week and be sure to follow Ashley, uh, like her stuff, share it, pick up a trash while you're out there and start some sort of streak of your own. And of course, remember to own your awkward. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it. 